Hello and welcome to The Two Tones. It's episode eight. Tony Moclair and Tony DeVolfo. Tony, I'm back. There was another Tony of sorts last week. Uh, the eminent one, Tony Kutafidis, uh, didn't appreciate being called Tone Tone, but uh, however, he, he, he found a way through and uh, like he always did on the football field and um, was quite entertaining in his, uh, and incisive in his uh, reflections on the team and the week that was. I can imagine. Any dancing in there? No singing dancing, Tony, unfortunately, uh, although I did uh, see Kuta in the rooms after the game on Sunday and uh, obviously lapping up the, uh, you know, the... Uh, fact that he was on Media Street, and yeah. uh, great to see him back at the back in the fold. Well, uh, thanks again to Kuda for uh, filling in while I uh, enjoyed a short stay in Blue Zealand, as you called it. Very nice there, Tone. Well, uh, you know we're building the empire, Tony. You, you have the Blue United States and the Blue United Kingdom to work on beyond uh, New Zealand shores. So let's um, let's make it our uh, pact. To um, you know, spread the propaganda worldwide. That's a, that's a, well, look, uh, let me sign up to that pact immediately. Before we get into a discussion of the Sydney Carlton game, any AFL players from New Zealand? I'm sure there's one or two. Well, I know that uh, Trent Crowed, oh, uh, the Hawthorn yeah. and, and Fremantle footballer, was a, a, a Kiwi. There we uh, go. Wayne Swass was was one was as really? well. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, so there's been a few out of the uh, the land of the uh, the Silver Fern. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so, uh, predominantly all blacks, hardly, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know. Come on. Come on. <laughs> well, Sydney, of course, as we know, is full of Kiwis. Um, there were none on the paddock on uh, Sunday. Um, Tone, it's – look, uh, we talk a lot about green sprouts and um, – can I just ask you first, what your thoughts? I'm not sure if you saw the presser with Bolts after the game. I always think that's an interesting point to start any review because I think his demeanour um, says a lot. Did you catch that press conference? I did, and I think what's been a feature of Brendan Bolt, Bolton's assessments these past uh, two weeks is, look, he speaks candidly and frankly. He calls it as he sees it. And what that means is that supporters and members watching on are under no, you know, have no ambiguities as mm. to where the team actually is and where it's going. So I think what you're finding is with the onlookers, you know, that they're seeing, you know, those little glimpses of where where Carlton wants to be. Yeah. And where Sydney is is you're where Carlton wow. truly wants to be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, right now I, I suspect we have to be grateful for, for small mercies, you know, and we do see it. You know, we saw it again with Weedering. Oh. We saw it with Charlie Curnow, yes. you know, what he did, uh, his time that he came on. And uh, and we what we see in, in those players is the future of, of Carlton. Mm. And it's just, um, it's just an ongoing... Um, it's an ongoing story, isn't it? And um, we have to run with it. Um, now, if you've if you've seen the journey, um, watch it again. If you haven't, you've got to see it because there's a great moment um, that kind of, uh, I guess, epitomises um, Bolton's philosophy. A player to the camp, the recruit camp in Tasmania, forgets a ball. The the thing that you're expected to do is bring a ball. Um, so Bolts makes these guys, the one who forgot his ball, I can't remember which player it was, but it was Charlie Curnow. It was. Um, makes him basically swim about 100 metres to another boat in, I'm assuming, a freezing cold lake in Tasmania like there's any other. <laughs> and he uses it as a lesson to the others and basically makes the point that it's one in, all in. And he lets that phrase basically hang in the air 
till the penny drops. Yes, so and they all followed him in, didn't they? That's and right. The coach went in with them. That's right. And um, yeah, it's a pertinent point you, you and, raised, Tony. And the reason I say that because finally there was an all-in scrap. You would have seen behind the goalpost there, and there wasn't one Carlton player fighting alone. It was the whole team, and I thought, I. I'm seriously delighted to see that. That's a great observation, Tony, and it's probably symptomatic of what you know the coaches you say is trying to achieve. And you, it's not only happening on the field, but it is happening off it. You know, I mentioned a moment ago how um, uh, the third tone, Kudafudis, was mm. in the room after the game, yeah, uh, with his wife and family, mm. uh, together with a, a lot of parents and loved ones of players. Uh, who are playing for Carl at the moment. And while that's not unusual, it was unusual to see the the, the gates open and um, everyone in the room and um, everyone together under the one under the one uh, roof was was actually tremendous to see. And, and, and what it tells me is that the coach is really having um, a galvanising influence mm. on not only his playing group but everyone connected with the club. You know, uh, everyone's in it together. Yeah. And, uh, it's only in strength and numbers and all those other cliches that Carlton can hope to, to sort of get anywhere. Um, so these are really encouraging and heartening signs mm. and um, they are morale boosting too. You know, yeah. they do truly lift your spirits. They make you feel good to be part of the, of the team. And, you know, um, I think another message that, um, that Bolt's tried to impart very early onto his coaching fraternity, um, you know, we work at Carlton but we want to be Carlton mm. or are, become Carlton or we are Carlton. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously what, what is happening here. Um, Zach Tui in the room afterwards with his parents. That's a magnificent milestone. Magnificent milestone. History-making milestone, Tony. First Irishman to play 100 senior games for the Carlton Football Club. He gets his name on the number 42 locker under Robert Walls, oh. who magnificently yeah. left a letter... Of congratulations before he went back to um, the south of France. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it actually, Zach, Zach uh, mentioned how relieved he was to get that tick of approval from Robert Walls because mm. he said, I'd hate to think that um, I was sharing space with someone on a locker who felt that I didn't deserve to be there. So yeah. that meant a lot to Zach Tui. And it, and it was tremendous to see, as you said, see him fly the flag when, mm. um, you know, when he was slung into the behind post by... Um, Lance Franklin, yeah. how how well he and uh, those close to him responded to that vile act yes. perpetrated on the field, Tony. Charge him with assault. Yes. <laughs> Six yes. months in uh, hard labour the old grey bar hotel yeah. for yeah, Buddy. that's right. Is um, one ton of <laughs> still open for business, is it? <laughs> Waterboarding's too good for him. Uh, now, in terms of the game, Tom, uh, the contested ball—that's that's, that's well, where we, well, we, were, we were we were brought to the schoolhouse there. We we were, you know, and it, look, it started with Tippett in the ruck. I, I you know, I, I dips my lid to Kurt Tippett. I mean, he's kicked four, and he and he he really asserted his uh, authority at the um, at the contests. Um, you know, what a luxury for Sydney to have Tippett, you know, taking ruck duties, yeah. you know, leaving Franklin and Sinclair, that other big man, uh, running rampant up forward. It started with him and, and really uh, we, were, we were swamped, you know. Yeah. Um, our on-ballers just really couldn't get a, a crack at it and, uh, you know, the floodgates opened. Yeah. I thought, you know, the Carlton players manfully stuck to the task, but, you know, they're, they're up against a, a bona fide 
finals team here who who will go deep into the year mm. from what we, we saw at the weekend. Um, you know, they've got an abundance of um, midfielders that can just rot- rot- rotate through the place. You know, Parker, Hanbury, Jack, um, so many really, really good players. And, um, yeah, we were swamped, it's fair to say. Uh, but in saying that, you know... Um, um, we mentioned Weedering earlier. There was a magnificent bit of play on the on the wing in the second quarter. I think mm. it was where he he completely outpointed his Sydney yeah. opponent in a marking contest yes. and moved the ball on and hit Bokhorst. Uh, his front disposal on. is phenomenal. Oh, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's flawless. You yeah. know, and the, and the fellow. There was another moment in the last quarter where I can recall it might have been Simo had the ball in the back pocket and and. Um, Jakob Wittering was standing in the, in the goal square, the last line of defence. And it might have been Jamo that was alongside him. And when, when Simo had the ball, Wittering instructed his teammate to yeah. push off into yeah. the back pocket. Sure enough, Simo swung around, flicked the ball through to Wittering, who in turn kicked the ball to Jamo, whoever it might have been, yeah. who was away. Yeah. And, I mean, this is a kid that's two games into his career mm. that is already uh, basically, um, you know, telling members of the back six where to position themselves. And, look, you know, that smacks well, of leadership, Or telling the vice-captain and, you know, yeah, and yeah. somebody of Jamo's uh, It was just well. so magnificent to see yeah. the way this fellow went about uh, his game and, and the you know, the thinking man's footballer, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, there were other, you know, great... Uh, performances too, really um, heartening performances. You'd have mm. to say, Tony um, Dale Thomas probably was our best player of field yeah. in retrospect. So twenty three, twenty four touches. There. Yeah, yeah. A, a most maligned player, you yeah. know. And um, I mean, a, a whipping boy in many respects for a lot of current supporters, which irks me no end because yeah. I hate it when I hear and see uh, supporters turn on their own. Yeah. But you've got to remember, this was a man that um, did his shoulder in the first minute of last uh, last. Year's opening round, yeah. and has had to come back after a good preseason. You know, with that setback of a one match suspension, but he's come back really, really hard. And and I thought he, he you know, there were moments in the game where he put him, his body on the line. I can yeah. remember that magnificent mark he took in front of Franklin. Yeah. You know, marauding out from from uh, the forward line, and uh, just his composure and the way that he used the ball. And he's a smart player, Dale Thomas. You know, and and I think my, you know, my request to supporters and members listening is to to give Daisy a chance. You know, um, you know, you've, we've got to give him a chance to settle, you know, to get some yeah. continuity into yes. his football and string four, five, six games together and let, then let's see where he's at. So, But I thought those signs from him at the weekend were most encouraging. Um, <clears throat> we've mentioned Charlie Curnow's debut. That was a magnificent goal. Um, he's got composure, he's got class, there's, you know, we talk, inevitably it comes to green shoots and yes. and you look at him, um, what did you make of his yes. debut? Fantastic, lively, a lively, you know, uh, debut for, for Charlie, um, obviously, a, you know, quite raw, I mean, still, you know, uh, it's only just starting for him, so there's so much to learn, but I, I, I think if you look at the raw talent, the you know, the athleticism of, of, of Charlie, you know, a big man who can, you know, move like a winger. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just very, very exciting to see um, that the, this is another player that, you know, the the recruiting team seem to have plucked that is really going to make an impression on the place, hopefully for the better part of 10, 12, 15 years. Um, one thing I did want to bring up, um, <coughs> staying power. It seems, you know, it's obviously 
intensity is very hard to maintain over four quarters. Did you feel that there was a drop-off time? Um, well, there certainly was in the opening round, um, I think, against Richmond. You know, yeah. I, think, I think Martin really took control in that last quarter. And maybe, maybe it was the case again. Uh, you know, there are young bodies, I suppose, taking the field. And, and we're, what we're going to get is intermittent, you know, um, moments of brilliance, perhaps with times where for whatever reason, players just drop off. Yeah. Um, and I suppose consistency of performance, not only game to game, but quarter to quarter, is what mm. Brendan Bolton will hopefully, um, will, would be demanding. Yeah. Um, maybe it takes time, I'm not sure. The Swans certainly really seemed up at this time of year. You oh, know, and Traditionally, yeah. having come back late in the year by virtue of playing finals, they tend to start slowly, but um, that surprised me. Somewhat how how up and about Sydney are at this time of year, but maybe with with our guys, you know, um, they just need to work themselves into it, and you know, game by game, hopefully the consistency of performance quarter to quarter will come. Now, Tone, we're introducing the Two Tones Award. Possibly, um, it might rival uh, the Brownlow. Who knows? <laughs> well, there's a Tony Award. I was oh, mentioning the Luke Gennaro, which is for um, the be- Broadway's t- finest, yes. is it? And so I thought, well, maybe the, the Bataki. We get, you know, that it's a, is it a Ham of the Year yeah. award? In which case, Lance Franklin wins it hands down for. Um, some of his theatrics. Well, then the Laidler can get it for his uh, fall against <laughs> Daisy a couple of weeks previously. Outrageous. Today. Outrageous. Yeah. However, we, yes, there is an individual award that um, I don't know if we have a sponsor yet, but, um, but it's lovely to see that, um, that we, in our wisdom uh, tone, can cast um, judgment on Carlton's finest through the course of this year and hopefully come up with a worthy winner by season's end. Well, yes, we will see. It's. Um it's the award you will want, you know, it's it's like, well, as you said, the Pataki ham will even throw in a Placo shirt there. Yes, and, yes, uh, very nice. Some, some cold four and 20 plies, whatever else. Well, um, pl- and, and the player who does worst um, in the polling has to listen to an entire season of Jamo's new podcast, <laughs> okay? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, we talked about... Grumpy Guant- Guant- defenders. Yes, yes, and from within the confines of Guantanamo Bay, Tony. Yes, That's, exactly. Uh, forget the, the water yeah, treatment. Give yeah, him that. The, the, the echo of a bare cell. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. We uh, might be in a position where we can cast uh, assessments on our players for rounds one and two. Yep. Uh, well, round one, the Richmond game, I went one uh, for our um, pet favourite, Tony, Jakob Vitring on yeah. debut. I thought he's, he was sensational yep. with his composure. I gave two votes to Ed Kerno because of his job on, on um, the Richmond captain. Yeah. I, I thought he was tremendous um, in stopping Cochin in that game. And three votes to the captain. I thought the captain, yeah. under enormous pressure, for whatever reason, from, without, from outside the, the place... Uh, was heroic in the way he went about his work, yeah. and um, so there were my votes for the uh, for the opening round. For the weekend, I went. Uh, I gave another uh, one vote to Jakob Vitering yep. for his performance in the back half. I gave two to Simo. I thought Cade Simpson battled on pretty manfully. Um, you know, when the whips were cracking and we we're yep. under siege, and three votes I gave to Daisy Thomas. I thought Dale was, Thomas was terrific, and all power to him for um, uh, for you know putting his hand up and saying, I want the footy, I am a competitor, yeah. I will strut my stuff. So they are the votes for rounds one and two in yep. the Two Tones Award, a much-coveted award tone. Um, I completely endorse your votes for uh, the round one game. 
and I second them yes. completely. Yes. Um, Murph did play a blinder. That was uh, it was magnificent to see him leading emphatically. Yes. That was exciting. Um, I feel like for the rest of the year we're just going to automatically give at least one vote to who is now our standout favourite <laughs> in the two tones, Jakob Vitoing. <laughs> um, so for the uh, Sydney game, yes. um, I'm going to go one to Vitoing. Yes. Um, <clears throat> one to um, look. This is the, okay. I, I just want to give him a nudge along. Um, Blaine Bockhurst, I think he is he is one to watch. I he did a couple of things which I thought he was he was in there. He was trying. Um, he is he's a green shoot, and this, I think and I think they need every bit of encouragement. There seems to be a Nordic influence coming through there, in your voting yeah, here, Tony. Yeah, but I'm giving three votes to Levi Casbold for nailing a set shot. First goal of the game. Yeah. It's magnificent too. So there we go. Um, now, Saturday night's match against the Suns at Metricon Stadium. Carlton will be on the road. Uh, so check local guides for uh, venues, all that sort of stuff. We will catch you next week on The Two Tones. <laughs>